Hey guys, it's Griff again on another intro for the Hideous Laughter podcast, and oh boy, it's a big one. Guys, it's episode 50. I can't believe we made it this far. And to start off episode 50, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to the folks that have been with us since day one and the folks that joined us on day 300. We appreciate each and every one of you for sticking with the show and giving us your feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With that said, I would ask that as this big milestone has been reached by our crew, if you guys out there could share the show with a friend, maybe it's somebody at your gaming table, maybe it's somebody you met online. If you share the show with a friend, that helps us grow. And we've already seen such tremendous growth and we have you guys to thank for it. So I would really appreciate if you'd continue to just spread the word. That's what makes you the carrying crowd that we love. I also can't wait to see you guys at Gen Con. I know I'm super excited, and I just got my second edition Pathfinder book. Really looking forward to playing some of that at Gen Con. Maybe I'll see some of you at the table. It'll be a blast. But with all of that out of the way, here's episode 50, Trial of the Half Century. Like liquor and things that go boo? Then buckle up, listener, cause this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Episode motherfucking 50! We fucking did it. We made it to Uh 50. That is five with a zero right the motherfucking behind it. And I'm I'm feeling a weird sort of way today. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling anxious. And I'm feeling kind of incredulous because we're on episode 50 of this podcast. It feels like it's yesterday that we started and it feels like it's three years ago that we started. But I want to know how you guys are feeling on this episode 50. And... Before we get to that, what are we drinking, gang? Champagne. Champagne. Uh-oh. Oh wait, we got to do that again. We're celebrating. I'll say champagne at the same time. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. What are we drinking, guys? Three, two, one. Champagne. champagne. Wow, so natural. This is wow. where. How this is where. This is where we would pop the bottle. This <laughs> is where we would pop the bottle, Brooks. But what happened, buddy? I uh, uh, prematurely opened the bottle. You blew your load too soon? There are jokes to be made in this uh, instance. At your expense. But uh, I, will not, I will not succumb to the easy, low-hanging fruit that that is. Oh, you'll take the high road here? Absolutely. That sounds like a total PR move. Pour yourself some of that. Everyone is drinking champagne tonight. In addition to the champagne, I will be drinking this three-year-old uh, can of Natty Light that I promised the listeners I would drink probably about 20 or 30 episodes ago now on the 50th episode. So let me talk about this. Yes, I want you to cover this yeah, because you, have, the, you got the timeline. Short story Yes, I long. do. All right. So in summer of 2016, we had an intern at my place of work. His name was Alan. He has a twin brother. His twin brother came to our house for a party, didn't know he was coming, brought a 30-rack of 
Natty Light, not ironically either, and then <laughs> proceeded to drink all but two or three. And then we had a drink all of our liquor because we're moving out party, and no one drank this last Natty. It sat in the fridge. And so then, obviously, in October of 2017, yep. so... We moved, and uh, it got put in my car, and it got missed. It, it fell out. It, it rolled right under the passenger seat. Rolled right under my driver's seat, actually. Uh, and it got f- pretty fairly dented there. And then we, it sat in my car of October. For, for months. Hang on. Yep. From October of 2017, when we moved in, until late 2018, when we went cabrewing, Brooks got drunk, found it in my car when I was driving home, and uh, then took it into his apartment because he thought he'd drink it. He did not drink it. We then decided to take it back to our house. It is now late summer of 2019, and we are going to have Steve drink it. It spent years in the fridge, months in the hot car. Many months in the hot Um, car. I'll I'll tell you what... um, Honestly, I've kind of been fighting this for a really long time because it's been sitting in the back of the fridge and there's been a lot of nights where I just want one more beer and I open the fridge. I'm like, I I just want to drink the natty when I'm like really messed up and I never do it because I've been saving it for this time and we finally get to doing this and I have never felt more like I was playing a game of Russian roulette. (laughs) Sorry, the laughter is because Brooks is filling all of the cups and he managed to pour... (laughs) About, I, that's I managed still to, not enough. I, I managed to pour four perfectly even glasses, and, and then two. Somebody's just, glass was hidden. I put it on the table after the fact. Brooks is struggling. I'm not struggling. I also have one problem. No, 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 no! Don't take from that one because this one. It needs to take from all of them. No, because you poured two super high. Just give like, me that. My I have other drinks. I have other drinks. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. No, it's fine. Also, mine is very skinny because it's a sippy cup. <laughs> yeah, we understand. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's pass these uh, these champagnes out. Also, the one problem that I have with your story, I've never been drunk ever in my life. Oh, yeah. Never. Right. Ever. Let's ever. do the champagne toast so I can get to this natty light yeah. and get it over with. Cheers, gang. Cheers, gang. Cheers. It's been a ride. Love you. Here's to 50 more. 50 more episodes. All right. Mm. Mm. It's like cheap champagne. We're going to need to edit uh, a cylinder in a revolver spinning in post um, because I feel like I'm playing Russian roulette. All right. Oh, that was a (laughs) really bad crack. (laughs) It was. Oh, dear. It wasn't. Everyone's smells here smells like Natty Light. You gonna slurp that guy? <sighs> I guess I should. This will be a team slurp episode for all you people at home. It's coming in hot. This is happening. Turn it down if your team no slurp. But now here we go. <sighs> okay. Oh, he went back for seconds. That's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm. I have never seen fear in someone's eyes. Oh, no. It's like. Taste has left this beverage. <laughs> it's sparkly water. Yeah, it tastes like a uh, like like soda water or something. Winter sunset. This, this is not what I expected. It could be so much worse. Yeah, yeah. It could have skunked two years ago. I think it probably skunked and then went back around full circle. <laughs> it's probably actually the just or water third now. Time it heated up and cooled down. Yeah. 
So guys, on this episode 50, should we should we roll? Yeah, for yeah. Who, yeah, for who right. yeah let's roll. We yeah. should roll for the Patreon. I'm very positive I did not. Uh, I, I'm relatively positive I didn't get first this right. time. I got a 98. I got a 16. 11. 14. I got a 1. Lick oh, Grandma's ashtray. Grandma's ashtray. Yes. That's a perfect, perfect, perfect drink for the guest to get it. Oh, no. It's not that bad. It's going to be bad. (laughs) So, guys, for for episode 50, I want to ask, and we can go around the table with this, let you think on it a little bit, and I'll say mine first, but what is... I mean, we've been doing this a long time now, almost a year now. What's your favorite moment so far? Now that we're on 50 episodes, your favorite character moment, maybe for your character, maybe for another character, uh, favorite thing that's happened. So I'll go first. And I think my favorite thing that has happened on this podcast beyond just, you know, growing as a story and as a podcast and et cetera. Um, my favorite moment was probably the lopper fight with when, when Ikmer ran just outside of the radius of the loppers healing. And because he did that, you could bring it down in time to save him. I think that was my favorite moment. I don't think he knew that he was doing oh, that. Oh, nobody knew. But, yeah. But it was perfect, and it was the tactics as written, and I thought it was just like, if you guys are going to get out of it, it's going to be by dumb luck by something like this. So that was my favorite moment. I... Oh, man, I wish I had a little bit more time to think about this, but I guess this is probably my most genuine one then. This is the first thing I could think of. Um, I think my favorite moment was when we were just wrapping up the Scarecrow fight at the beginning of the very first evil interlude, and Nana Opal offers Saw a cookie, and it was completely like off the rip. Like we did, had no plans for the, we had barely spoken about our characters and it was in that moment that I was like, Oh, we're going to have something really fun here. Nice. Brooks, you got one. I'm also going to the evil interlude. Oh, all right. But, Apparently but I'd say, yeah. Horace's party. Oh. I had a lot of fun with that. I think we yeah. had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. That wasn't fan Just service. The interactions, at all. Yeah. <laughs> interactions with everybody and everyone like still was their evil character. But we also had a lot of interactions with the pe- with well, I guess you, Griffin. Yeah, with the people, <laughs> with, the, with, with all the beautiful people. You got one, Haley. Yeah, you know I hate I hate when you put me on the spot like this. I know you're terrible at it, which is why I keep doing it. Yeah, no, it makes me um, very uncomfortable. But thanks a lot. Um, no, I think my favorite part about what we've been doing is that. Not necessarily a single moment because I can't think of one right now. I don't have one like off the top of my head like Steve. But I have... Steve said he came up with one really quickly off the top of his head and that's why it was important. But anyways, um, I think that I really enjoyed the way that um, both my characters have had 
super weird relationships uh, eclipse with the lopper and then Nana Opal with Saw. And I've really enjoyed exploring that. I think that's been like super, super, super fun. As I well. could tell you my favorite eclipse moment was okay. uh, was the mind steed and saving uh, Matsube oh, yeah. and Nick Yeah, yeah that was my favorite that. eclipse that moment. Great episode. That was my that was favorite. Amazing. That was my favorite rule of cool moment too. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I I would have to say when she uh, didn't help the little girl from the face spider and just looked at the objects or whatever. Do you guys oh, remember that? That was right? a sneaky yeah. grip. Yeah, that was that was, was Loki evil. Low sneaky evil. Yeah. Emily, you got one? Yeah. So just off the top of my head, the memory that popped in my mind was when we were first in Entrellis's hut and uh, the Nathalgu had popped out of his head and did color spray and everyone but Lyra was unconscious and that was mm. the first time it was talking to her and it just worked out so perfectly and i thought it was so eerie after everything that went on and i like tried to cut it out of his head and then it speaks to lyra i i loved that part yeah i thought that was that was kismet because i kind of knew what i wanted to do with the nathalgu but when when those roles happened and you were the only one that saved it was like perfect Mm -hmm. it almost felt scripted i know yeah that was wild Mm -hmm. crazy the dice tell the story that's right Let's yeah. tell a story. Well, speaking of telling a story, I think we have a story to tell this evening because we are on day two of the trial of the beast. And where we left you guys, the boys had just come back from speaking to Radnish, finding out some information. They found out that a man named Vorkstag had purchased these surgeon's tools that you found in morass after that and and after ikmer's display of orcus ferocity we found ourselves back at the brazen head where you guys were staying the night and the girls are awake now and the boys are back and you were all reconvening in the morning prior to the trial you have about a half an hour before the trial begins what do you do Ikmer sharpens his sword. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta make sure. Gotta make sure. Lyra wants to draw a harrow card. Okay. What you got? I have the lost, which has a star on it. Star is wisdom. Ooh, okay. So plus two on wisdom today. Didn't get your plus two on charisma like you did last time there was a trial. Really nice. Yep. Okay, besides that, are you guys talking to each other? Are you guys heading straight to the trial? What are you doing? Eclipse would do what she said last time, which is feed and take Bob for a walk and then uh, bundle him up and start heading towards the trial so she can get kissed on the forehead. Okay. Nice. Yeah, she's ready for the kiss. Oh, I I don't know if I'm I'm quite ready for this, Eclipse. You're, You're moving really fast. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> Not every no. rea- interaction is with <laughs> Will this be Igmer's first kiss? No, he's I'd already had to, one. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure we've already established this. <laughs> he was, he was, uh, his face was sucked by 
something. Oh, sturdy. Yeah, sturdy. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. I take my favorite moment back. <laughs> so you guys are getting ready in the morning. Are you guys sharing the information that you found out? Yeah. So Matumbe and I have already been up for a little bit at this point. And Lyra and Eclipse, I'm sure, are just uh, just getting up at this point. And Ikmer would approach Matumbe first before we actually approach uh, the two girls. Hey, uh, Matumbe? Yes, my boy? I think what we did was really, really helpful for everybody. And... But, well... I think we can definitely use this information. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know exactly where to take it from here. You know, because it, it just—it's just so many dead ends that that all. I, I mean, I fear that this this might be the a thread that we just keep pulling and pulling, but we don't actually find something like relevant after it, and. And waste our time, you know? I'm scared that that I can't help the beast any more than, well, than just investigating what's actually, like, the evidence, you know? We investigated Herkstag and found some important things, but yes, sometimes our path may be unclear. Sometimes we don't know where to go. We need to keep moving forward. Imagine walking across a great plain way late at night towards the city and that's where you need to sleep for the night you can't stop you just need to keep walking towards that light you may not be able to see what's in front of every step but that's where you need to go we know that there's the end of this trial in sight sometimes we need to walk by faith and not by what we see speak with your heart Oi. All I really want to do is is free this this well I I want to say man over creature he has such a heart such a well influential being in himself like he really really was was so good to these children and and other people just completely misunderstood but I I feel like it Based on what you're saying is that we can't give up hope. The only, the only things we can control are, the, are us. We can only control ourselves. Good and evil rages in with all of us. Law and chaos as well. We very well could come to the end of this trial and people may not see things the way we do and there's nothing we can do about it. But it is, it is imperative that we, we, we move forward with our hearts. We seek the truth and we seek justice. I believe there is an end to this stigma. We will get there. Well, thanks, Matumbe, for your advice and well for your for your help with the whole visiting the guy you know. I really didn't like doing that, but I understand it, it's it's well lawful and and good to do that. These are desperate times we live in, Ikma. And we had to, we had to shake the man up. We don't have time to mess around and be beaten around. All right. I think we should at least 
at least tell our companions what happened so that they can also possibly help us out with this. I like, I'd like to see where this mystery is going, but for now I, I agree it will have to wait. Oh. Let's talk to you. Leave I can't wait to going. be more of a detective. You're wearing that hat well. <laughs> and with that, Brooks, for, for last time, as intimidating Ikmer, and for that right there, please draw a hero card. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Right off the top here. Tangled Briar. Ooh, we've Ooh. seen that one before. Yeah. yeah, it looks exactly like the scarecrow skeleton that we saw in Hergstad. Uh, I believe it's an evil card. Oh, yeah. So that will give me disadvantage on a roll. Fantastic. All right, cool. So the boys have their conversation, and then they meet up with the party. You guys are getting ready. It's now potentially only 20 minutes until the trial is supposed to begin. How far away is the trial? You guys are staying roughly, and I think... We established this last episode with um, with the um, the jailhouse being very close, a couple minutes away. Yeah, you okay. guys, you guys are like across the square. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Do you feel rejuvenated? It's like I feel like a fresh spring rain. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Could go for some like breakfast or something. Well. You know, there's a continental breakfast downstairs. Why don't you just go get that? Awesome. Thanks, Ick. You want to come down? I mean, we are staying at uh, the, well, the worst Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> Cannon. This is so bad. Never mind. It's called the worst Eastern. <laughs> but... We do have, I guess, one thing to kind of tell you guys about the trial, and it's in relation to those surgeon golden surgeon tools that we found. Oh yeah, what'd you find? Well, unfortunately, it was it was some hard going, but we did have to uh, shake down one of the, the person that the dealer sold it to, and they won't tell us. Who they sold it to. Oh, Ick. We just exploring a little? Going to the... Going a little bad there? A little bad boy? But, well, he definitely told us who he sold it to. <laughs> well, oh, no, oh. <laughs> All right. I forgot a whole step in there. I did. I did. I did. But uh, absolutely not. I mean, I feel like this... It's, it's the right thing to do... When it comes to to freeing a free man, and if they were bad doing it, I feel like I'm justified in that sense. I'm not. I'm not being bad. For sure, doing whatever it takes to continue your own motives. It's fine. So, who did they sell it to? Ekmer's gonna just kind of like look at the ground and like he he was very confident after talking to Matumbe, but. He's he's since uh, I guess uh, changed his like demeanor. Yeah, and I think as he looks down, and Matumbe being kind of the the uplifter that he is for Ikmer, yeah, uh, likely doesn't point it out. But you two definitely notice 
ever since Ikmer went and shook down this shop, his eyes have been yellow. <laughs> Seeing that uh, Ikmer does not answer the question, Matumbe is going to step in and say, hmm, some sort of chemist. In, in fact, the shopkeeper said that this chemist has a, has a partner as well, and the two of them run a rather substantial operation here in town, but this shopkeeper had some reservations about this this chemistry shop. He didn't see any workers leaving or, or going in. It should the, the, the labor, you should be able to see the labor for the amount of output they have. I don't know. I, I feel like there's something there, but that is the extent of what we have learned. Might have to check it out after the trial. That does seem really strange. We've got to lead. Yeah, that's some really good information you found out, Ick. Good job. Thanks. I'm doing my best detective work on this one. Perfect. So, you guys head to the courthouse, and as you cross the square, you notice that the crowd in the square is three times bigger than on the first day. And they're shouting, and they're cavorting, and they're... And they're kind of, they're pushing. They don't seem as amenable as they were the day before. It's actually hard to get through. And so I assume Ikmer probably takes the lead. Shield in hand, kind of shoving his way through. Because you guys are on a time crunch and you need to get in. He's he's uh, relatively forceful. He's not gonna push an old lady over, but but he's gonna he's gonna put his uh, put his back into it. Deal with the rabble rousers. Oh yeah, yeah. Ice cold mutton. Ice cold mutton here. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys make it through the crowd. Ikmer in the lead, just in time again to see the crowd part behind you for the same black chariot that you had seen on the first day. It appears the judges are arriving and you need to hurry to your seats. You enter and there's a large crowd to either side. I still need to get the kiss on my forehead, by the way. Where do I stop for that? We'll get there. Okay. So you see the crowd to either side and they are standing. No one in the house is sitting and they're angry at you. They recognize you as the defenders of the Beast of Lepidstat and they're furious. They're hurling insults at you. They're screaming at you. Uh, Some people throw like wadded up paper at you. You get booed the entire way up to the defense station where you sit down. Get out of here, Beastie Boys! Boo! F you and your mother! (laughs) <laughs> and the horse you rode it on. <laughs> you make it to the front, and you see Barrister Koppel is already seated. He's already there. You see several burlap-looking sacks to the side of the defense table, which you can recognize as likely the bodies you recovered from Hergstag. And you see... And today, he is dressed in relative finery. 
you recognize Pavlos. Now, he doesn't have the imposing stature, but he does have an imposing look on his face. He looks determined. He looks more put together than he was last night. You can see that his ivory skin kind of sheens with this kind of sweat that he's gotten from the sheer amount of detect magic he has been doing as people enter this trial and he looks to you and he says well we should get this over with shouldn't we get this over with excuse you I mean I'm we've already proven him innocent of his crimes in the swamp no no boy I mean the unconventional way in which I deliver my spells. Let's get this over with so that we can continue the trial. Yep, the kiss on the forehead that everyone will watch. So feel very uncomfortable with. He would bend down and he would kiss Eclipse on the forehead. You are cured of all Condrain. And he would do the same. He would kind of have to... You wouldn't have to bend over as much as Matumbe, but he is, again, 5'6", so he would have to kind of reach his head, be, hand behind your head and kind of push your head down a little bit so he can give you a kiss on the forehead. You are also cured. Now, I have prepared the the speak with dead that you requested last night. And the zone of truth? I do have one of those as well, if you need it. Perfect. And he would go, he he actually sits uh, kind of to the side of the room. But you notice and you and you remember from last time that he kind of does his rounds. He does like a quiet pacing around the courtroom, just kind of, again, detecting magic, making sure that everything's on the up and up. With that, you hear a loud bang on the door to the courtroom, and the crowd falls into a relative hush and the judges file in and you remember Judge Ambrose Card leads them the older gentleman but you you do see Embrith bringing up the rear and she slyly kind of as she passes gives you a little bit of a wave and an acknowledgement they sit down And Justice Card speaks. Now, I just had to wade myself through a much larger crowd today than I remembered from the first day of trial. Need I remind you that any disruption to my court will be met with swift justice. If anybody in this court seeks violence on anyone else they will be hanged know this and know your own restraint and decide if you will stay in this room or you will leave right now and as he says this about 10 people file out of the courtroom what? so they were ready to roll they were rabble rousers rabble rousers indeed Now, as with yesterday, we are discussing an alleged 
crime of the beast of Lepidstat. Guards, please bring him in. And again, you see all 11 of the guards led by Sergeant Dunn lead the shackled beast into the courtroom and again enclose him in this sturdy cage in the center of the room attach his shackles to the bars and leave him in the middle of the room and again he looks terrified he can sense the crowd's reaction to him and it's not pleasant Ikmar's uh, gonna give him a slight smile and do a motion as he's like like he's opening a book with his hands and uh, want a perception check the beast's reaction to that. Go ahead. Ten. It's pretty easy to see he's in the center of the room. Um, it appears he noticed you and he kind of, as much as his shackled together hands can do, you see one hand kind of unfurl from a fist and it kind of like waves back and forth at you. Alright, Ikmer, Ikmer feels very, very good. As, as about as high horse as he can feel. So, with the beast in the room, the Chief Justice continues. Now, Mr. Adressant, could you please give the prosecution's stance on the events in Hergstag? I am led to believe that the beast is accused of killing six children in the town roughly nine months ago. Is this correct? Yes, Justice Card, that is correct. The beast was seen holding the body of one of his victims by a majority of the town. We will go into greater detail in in our um, in our questioning of the the witnesses, but I do have to say it's looking pretty bad. He was seen in broad daylight, and he that sighting is corroborated by many people. If I could, I would ask that. Stahl, Garrow, and Flitched of Hergstag, who were witnesses to the events, please take the stand. And the three women who Lyra recognizes, well, two of them she recognizes, she has not seen Flitched. So Flitched has this waving, and it's a lot of it's gone gray. You can tell her hair was... Um, was once kind of a burgundy color, a dark red. She has these large earrings, kind of hoop earrings, and these tiny spectacles standing on the end of her very pointed nose. And you recognize Starl and Garrow as well. And they take the stand, and Adivian asks, So, you were present at the well you were living in town when all of these events went down weren't you yes 
yes. <laughs> we live there. We, the three of us, uh, never had children to speak of, but um, we were very fond of the children of the town. And so we like to keep an eye on the happenings around Hergstag. Very good, very good. Um, could you tell me... Well, give me your interpretation of the events, if you would. And Flitched would speak up. And she would say, Oh, well... I remember the children going missing. And it was... It was... Terrible for their parents. We had their parents over for for tea while they waited to see um, if the search parties would come back. Their mothers mostly, usually the fathers were were out looking, but they never did come back. We never saw them, saw the children again, until one day. One day we did. One day, that creature. And she points to the beast in the cage. That creature right there, I'd never forget him. He came back to town. He came back with... with the body of one of the children in his arms. And it was... I think the worst day in Herkstag in the 60 years I'd lived there. Everyone in town saw it. He walked through the middle of town. And he was... He was laughing at us. He was laughing at our... At our distress and... And he smiled at us. His toothy, terrible smile and... And he held the girl and he just... He just dropped her at her father's feet. It's like he knew. Like he knew where she came from. Thank you very much. Flitch, was it? Thank you for your testimony. I appreciate it. See there, people of Leopardstadt, it doesn't get much clearer than this. The beast brought the body of one of the children, one of the six, and the other ones are missing. Brought the body back. In a vulgar display, brought it back to her parents as if, as if to scorn them and laugh at them. Is that something, uh, a creature that's not a danger to society would do? I don't think so. And then... Barrister Koppel would call you guys up to the sand. My my associates have have evidence that that, that proves this man innocent. I I hope that that you, the fair people of Leopardstadt, will will give them a chance to speak. And he kind of ushers you guys up to the stand. And I imagine Lyra 
is going to be the speaker for the group. We're going to play this the same exact way as last time. You will have one diplomacy roll, but you may aid, the rest of you may aid Lyra with a check of my choosing, depending on the evidence that you are presenting. Without further ado. Light them up. Can we cross-examine witnesses? You may. Okay. And also, is Elsa's father in the room? He is. He is sitting um, kind of two rows back. Would we be able to ask him questions as well? You may. Okay. So Lyra will stand up and try to make herself look as tall and regal as possible and say, Hello, everyone. My name is Lyra. Thank you so much for letting us present our evidence. We risked our lives investigating the town of Hergstag to bring you the truth. You can see the lasting effects. Um, if you saw us come into town last night, or the poor girl carried by a giant, you could see we were in very sorry shape. With our investigation, we found a town drowning in wraithlings. We removed the source of the threat from the town. The wraith won't be hurting anyone again and the children's souls are at rest. We have evidence to prove this. But first, I want to set a few things straight, not just from our mouths, but from those that actually experience these horrific events. I'd like to talk with Elsa's father and make sure that his testimony shines through as well. Well, I don't see a problem with it if sir if you would if you would please take the stand if you're willing and he would he would he would walk to the front of the room kind of nervously um, just because he's not used to having an entire courtroom worth of eyes on him and he would sit down thank you so much for your courage in sharing your heartbreaking events with us today I can only imagine your pain. I hope by revealing the killer, we can help you heal. But before I can do that, I need to set a few facts straight. Could you lay out a timeline of your daughter's death, chasing the beast out of town, and the last child death the town suffered? I certainly could. The, well, my my daughter, Elsa, was the fifth child to be killed. Now this happened two days after the child before her, and well, we, the, this time the beast, he, he brought the, bo- the body back. And again, he, he laughed at us as he did so, and dropped Elsa off with me and her mother. Uh, we rallied as a, as a town, and he kind of stood there laughing at us. And uh, we, we chased him away. We, and we improvised the weapons that we could. Torches, um, pitchforks, rakes, that kind of thing. And we didn't have anything very imposing, maybe a, maybe a farmer's scythe, but we did chase him off. We didn't see anything from him since, but but then 
three more nights later, a girl by the name of Karen was was killed in her home. Did you see any signs of forced entry or any markings on the body? I didn't see the body personally, but we were asked to kind of look around the scene. I I don't remember seeing anything telling, if, if I'm being honest, but I'm, I'm not an investigator either. I'm a simple farmer, so... When we did our investigation, we didn't see any signs uh, that the window was broken into or anyone climbed up the house. It seemed like something just floated through the wall. We did come across something a little bit more lighthearted, and Lyra will hold up the picture of the beast and Elsa and hand it to him and say, can you identify who drew this? I haven't seen this before, but that that does look like my Elsa. It looks like something she would have drawn. There are two figures here in this picture. One, a small child, labeled Elsa, and the other, a beast, named Larry. And not only did we find this picture, she holds up the picture she was just showing him, and then she pulls out the other picture and holds it up. We found this identical picture in the beast's home. These two were friends. Elsa was the beast, or should I say, Larry's only friend. He would never do anything to hurt her, and never did. He was unable to save her from the wraith attack, but he was able to bring her home to you. The beast didn't kill any of these children. He's not laughing at you, or at the death. He's trying to cry. He, his face doesn't have the capacity to show that, but if you look closely, he's never been laughing in the trial or at any of us. He's sorrowful. The Divian would pipe up at this point and he would say, Prove it then. If he's not laughing. And I need you to roll me a couple of diplomacy checks here. I'm glad you strung that all together for me. <laughs> so, um, for the drawing, that's just you. No aid. 18. Okay. You can definitely see her father swayed by that piece of evidence um, you did bring up a point about the no markings outside of Karen's house that you may roll but I would also take a survival check to aid yeah I can definitely do that that's a 14 uh, and then I'll aid yeah you see survival. it it doesn't really look like uh, anybody's convinced by that. You just had a farmer's testimony on that. so. Um, and then you did bring up that Karen died after the beast was chased from town, and she died in her bed. So please roll me a diplomacy check on that. What, you mean that's not like a knowledge fucking timelines thing? Sorry, I still just can't believe that they're attributing this to the beast. Well, he could have come back. That's I think that's the whole thing. I mean, 
That's a 12. But Lucky put it you. on the heel trick. That is just rolled like trick no garbage. Heel trick. I haven't rolled above a 10 yet. Oof. That is the, um, the plus 20 roll for the uh, evidence. So that's actually a 32. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right, okay. Okay. I like what I hear here. So you also mentioned the beast crying, and the Divian said, prove it. Wait a minute. I, I think I might be able to help out with that. I I want I want to bring forward the the beast's book of poems. Can we please I I will allow it. Please do. Now, I'm going to have to ask the beast where he put it last. And and where he thinks it is now. No. And uh, he would actually speak up at this point. You can tell he's wearing rags. I, I, I have it on me in, in my back pocket. No, well, would the uh, judges, would you please allow me to to allow Larry to read a passage from from his book he has put a lot of time and effort into this and I think it's important that you hear the true feelings that that he has put into it and and the heart that he has because of it and I think that will be enough I can't reach and just his card would cut in here and say, Boy, I you'd be putting yourself in great danger reaching into that cage. Just justice, I I please please allow me. I I believe that well, I know for a fact that this this man, not creature, will will do me no harm. Please. Court, the court takes no responsibility for your actions today. You are doing this of, of your own volition, and you say that in front of God and in front of all of these witnesses. Absolutely. I take full responsibility. Ikma, hand me your sword and shield. Show that you have no fear of this beast. Absolutely. So he does, and you head to the cage. The cage is small. You can easily reach the beast from within. And um, as he said, you can see kind of a square-shaped bulge in his back pocket. Okay. Oh. And then he'd pull it out and uh, flip through the pages as to, and kind of give the uh, Larry... Some indication of like this one, this one, not this one. Like, is this one the one? And or? he nods. He okay. nods and and kind of like, you know, his hands are shackled, but he kind of holds them up in like a stop. Yep. Uh, and so then he'd stop right there, hold it open for him in front of the cage, and uh, allow best best allow him to uh, read it read it out loud. And he. 
to the best of his ability, kind of smiles at you, Ikmer, um, because this poem he wrote about you. Make your choice, ad- adventurous stranger. Ring the bell and bide the danger, or wonder till it drives you mad. What would have followed if you had? And then um, you can tell he um, he starts to laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's pretty obvious from what we've seen here. This poem was not humorous in any way. In fact, it was from the heart. Uh, Lyra, you can make a diplomacy check. And I'm only doing that because, Ikmer, you've given her a plus six. With a 31, Lyra says... Oh, shit! Finally rolled well. Um... Oh shit! Oh shit! Did it? Not only can you see that he has a joyous laugh, but he has art in his soul. He is not a crude beast. You see, he feels emotions, and he is more like us than you would think. He was not laughing at you that day. He was crying, and I think you can tell the difference. This beast speaks of danger to one of your friends, and you just laugh it off like he's not laughing at you. During our investigation of the town, we each almost died. Matumbe and I barely hobbled into town. We were in very rough shape. And yet you have no testimony of that but your own. Oh, but we do. When was the last time you were in Hergstag or Divian? I haven't been to Hergstag. Good enough for me. The Honorable Pavlos was here, and he actually healed us. He can tell you what sorry shape we were in. Do you call Pavlos to the stand? The Sister of Justice. Yeah. So you call Pavlos to the stand. If there is any magical happening in the court, you will be tried and banished from town. But I have a greater duty to justice than to upholding the law as written. And so, I will take the stand here. What is it you need, Lyra? First of all, what shape were we in when we first came to seek your help? Before these, the defendants were suffering from, in my priestly opinion, constitution drain. They were cured by an application of lesser restoration you can see, or of restoration, and as you can see, they all look in rather tip-top shape at this point. So, if I say that they were suffering drain, and they were still suffering drain, you'd be able to see it, but they had the foresight to 
be spry for this trial and sought me out at night. That's not 100% true. We just had two people restored, like, in front of the hundreds of people in this crowd. Correct. I seen it! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, these are commoners, so they don't really understand magic. During the investigation, we found the wraith's lair. Could a wraith do constitution drain like we suffered? Yes, um, one of the few creatures that can, one of the few foul undead that can, and I, when you had told me that you were beset by a wraith, I, I believed you immediately because it just made sense. And that's not the only proof that we have that there was a wraith in Herkstag. In the wraith's lair, we found the bodies of the missing children. The wraith had stolen their eyes and drained away their health. We've brought them back so they can properly be buried and also help bring this killer to justice. For those skeptics out there, and Lyra will glare to Divion, you do not need to take our word for it. With Pavlo's help, we would like to talk to one of the children. I have prepared speak with dead for just this occasion if you wish it I will cast it but I will need a body we have four bodies of children could someone help me bring them up I will take this duty upon myself Sumatume brings the bodies Lines them up to the forefront, yeah, and then takes the sheets off one by one, and you see the desiccated corpses of the four children. These are no ordinary corpses. This is what's left after a wraith has sucked out all of the health and also the eyes from these poor children. Make a diplomacy check with a knowledge religion aid. Can I aid that knowledge religion? Because I have something to say. Yep. Pavlos, before I sit down, do the do the uh, do the wounds you see on these bodies look anything like the wounds you saw on us yesterday and this morning? Could could we have been affected the same way these children were? I won't rule it out for certain. I don't see. And he kind of steps down and examines the corpses before he continues. These corpses are old, but I don't see conventional slashes or cuts on the bodies. I would expect to see more decay if they died by normal means, wouldn't you? They do appear to be relatively husk-like and I can say that I've seen a man killed by a wraith it it does bear some resemblance thank you Pavlos that would be all for me for now but I feel like Lyra has something more she would like to say and I auto-aid that okay like I mentioned previously their eyes are missing 
and there are no broken bones, no beating marks. A creature such as the beast does not have the capability to suck the life from someone and precisely remove eyes. It just doesn't make sense. And a divian would pipe up. What do you presume to know of the beast perversions? Is it so outside of the realm of possibility for a creature such as this to pull the eyes out of children? I think that's exactly what we're saying. They weren't pulled out of Divian. Even you can see that. They don't exist in their skulls. Exactly, with no damage around the ocular cortex. Do you see damage? And he would look. Oof. Yeah, he has a plus 26 to this, too. <laughs> That's a high roll. <laughs> He's not a low-level character. Um, what was your name, Matumbe? I don't know what correct. you presume to know about bodily functions. But if you look at these corpses, they are nine-plus months old. Now, if you think you can make a heel check, if you can look at these things and see that there has been no damage after that long under the earth, well, then by all means, maybe you should join Leopardstadt University as one of their top anatomical studiers, maybe a professor. But from what I can see, this is rather inconclusive. So, what I'm hearing is... Nothing brought to the table. Inconclusive. As in, there's no reason to think the beast could not have pulled the eyes out of these children. And yet you make it sound like he absolutely did. Which is it, Adivian? Well, the issue here, Matumbe, is that the beast was seen with a dead body, and the beast was seen with a dead body without eyes. Yes. A dead body who... My friend Pavlo said was killed by a wraith, or presumably killed by a wraith, if I like to use your terminology. And not to disparage our good holy sister of justice's judgment, but wraiths are not known to pull the eyes out of corpses either. What are wraiths known to do? Well, they're known to drain. And that is how they died, correct? If you can prove to me that they were drained to death nine months ago, inconclusively, then I will take your evidence and I will presume the beast innocent of this crime. This crime, and not morassed, and not Cobb Isle, which will be discussed tomorrow. These weren't the only bodies we found. This wraith, I believe, has a particular affinity for eyes because of the way it was created. We found the body of the wraith, or at least who the wraith used to be. His eyes were gouged out. And then she would, I guess, motion to go grab that body as well. Yeah, and Eclipse would pull out the two daggers that were in his eyes, like in the eye sockets, and say, Actually, even, um, so the wraith was stabbed through the eyes when it was when when he was originally killed and that's how they became wraiths right so like wraiths what you usually see is just a blue flame where their eyes should be 
and he was stabbed through the eyes when he became a wraith. And then I think he just went ahead and he just decided to take all of the eyes from everyone. Okay, Eclipse, you roll a diplomacy. Me? Yep. Why? Because you're explaining how this happened. Okay. Can I, uh, before we do anything else, can I aid in this uh, at all, if I <laughs> say anything? Well, what was my knowledge religion aid for? Because I think there was a roll right. that never happened. Yeah, that's yeah. for the yet-to-happen roll from Lyra. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry. I, 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 said that I, meant, I meant Lyra. Not yet. But I want to, I want to know, uh, I want to know if I can aid a heal check. No, you can't aid a hearsay check. I'm at 20, by the way. You're at 20 total. So, Lyra, you can continue on your train with the children's bodies. Actually, I'll have you roll because your whole point was that the beast isn't someone who would pull the eyes out of children. Clearly, there was something different going on. And you take Matumbe's um, religion aid. Do we need to talk to the kids first or will that be a separate? It's a separate check. Okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so that's a 30 without any aid, so 32. All right. Dope. And Pavlos would chime in. Well, we've heard some things from either side. Why don't we... I've prepared to speak with dead, which is perfectly permissible by the law. Why don't we use it? Find out what these children saw. And he would immediately then cast it on the child of your choice. I got I have one question for our GM here. How many instances of speak with dead do we have? Is it just one? Okay. Just one. How many okay. questions can we ask within that? Speak with dead lasts um a duration. So you can ask oh, questions. Okay. It's not like uh you get two questions and then okay. it stops. Okay. And then we should maybe maybe we ask Marcus, how well did you know Elsa? Did you know that Elsa and the Beast were friends? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sound good? Well, yeah. we still haven't really decided which child exactly that we're I going to ask. I don't think it matters. It does not It matter. doesn't matter? Especially, I think especially since we don't have I Elsa. think you honestly probably yeah. can't tell the difference between sure. them yeah. unless you had, well, like, specifically Elsa or Karen that you knew you dug up. They're all kind of... You're telling yeah. me that I don't have the medical knowledge to determine. You could probably their, tell which one's a boy or a girl, I guess. All right, can we? Their just hip. Go? Yeah, let's yeah. go. So, any child. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Pavlos would kind of touch one of the corpses, and it would kind of gasp to a semblance of life. <laughs> what do you ask? Do you recognize the creature in the center of the room? The and it's lying face? on the ground, so oh. you pick up the corpse and turn it. I can't see. Fuck. We forgot about no, no eyes. eyes. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. <gasps> what was the last thing you did see before you died? I saw the outside of town the the cornfield 
the old corn man. Then it went dark. Was there a shadowy figure that came up to you? Just the scarecrow. How did you feel as you were dying? Tired. Um, you didn't feel like anything was hurting you though, right? You just felt like just so tired. And then you just keep getting tired and then you're asleep. Asleep. Yes. Did you know uh, about Elsa's um, special friend? She showed me one time Larry. What did she think about Larry? He scared me. Oh, oh no. Um, but Elsa liked him? She took me to him. He scared me, so I ran. She didn't run. This is an outside question. Are we to assume that the corn man and the scarecrow are the same thing? Yeah, he said scarecrow a second time. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if that was like a different... When you were in the corn maze, though, and you felt so, so, so tired, and you are by the corn man, that wasn't when you were with Elsa to meet Larry, though. That was totally separate? Yes. I didn't see Larry. At all? Not even a little? Not there. Not from what I remember. Because Larry was Elsa's friend. He just looked a little scary. He scared me. He was really big. Did you ever witness Larry hurting Elsa or being violent or menacing towards her or you? I understand he's large and scary, but did he actually do anything to hurt her or you? No. His smile was scary, though. Are we good with questions? Uh, I just want to know, uh, what what time of day did you see this, uh, the scarecrow man and, and came up to them? Just past dusk. Well, thank you very much small human uh, I, I appreciate your help Lear would address the crowd then and say from this child's eyewitness testimony you can see that the beast was not present when it died that scarecrow by the cornfield that was where we found the wraith and its lair that was the wraith that drained him and made him tired by taking away all of his health. Wraiths come out at dusk or in the dark. So being attacked right at night makes sense for a wraith attack. Are you to tell me that outside of the realm of possibility, 
The child couldn't have been tired past dark. Couldn't have ventured out. Couldn't have been snuck up on by a creature such as this. Couldn't have been swiftly killed. The feelings that this spirit felt before death could have just been feelings associated with a swift death. Not with his eyes gouged out like that. Who's to say the beast didn't gouge them out after the child was dead? But he can't drain them like a wraith would. And you don't know that fatigue is always associated with drain, do you? Well, I mean, Pavos can detect magic on the beast though, right? So why don't, like, he's, we, I don't think he's magical. What I'm telling you, boy, is that it doesn't require a magical effect for that testimony to have had a very different meaning than how you're interpreting it. The child could have been tired. The child could have ventured out to the outskirts of town at night. The child could have had its neck snapped by a monster like this. And the last thing it remembers is being tired. It's not my job to convince you. I understand that. It's my job to convince the judge. And what's important is that they know that the beast cannot do magic or any sort of draining ability. We can tell by the fact that the children came back to their homes as wraithlings that this was no ordinary killing. Most people that die don't rise again as a wraithling and attack people and terrorize villages. I've seen graveyards before. They don't have spirits lingering still. Make a diplomacy check. You hear a shout from the back. Hell no, they don't. Has <laughs> <laughs> teammate just like... Properly consecrated. Has <laughs> <laughs> teammate just turns around and like... And all of a sudden, like, after he says that, turns back and be like, nope, it wasn't me. Somebody's <laughs> somebody very passionate about grave digging back there. <laughs> That's a 27. Okay. Woo! Passionate crowd. All right. So you've spoken with a child. You've presented many forms of evidence. Is there anything else you would wish to present? When I was talking to people of Herkstag before we did the investigating, no one mentioned the disappearance of an adult human male, and yet we found his corpse in the race lair. People of Herkstag, did any adult go missing prior to the death of these children? Do you wish to call one of the crones up to the stain stand? Yes, one please. specific one? I call Starl to the stand. Oh, this is more attention than I've had in such a long time. I'm so excited. 
<laughs> oh, that, that's really surprising, Starl. You're, you have gorgeous eyes. Thank you, young man. Oh. I'm so flattered. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and she would kind of like old lady shuffle up to the stand. <laughs> oh, no. Lyra, it's so good to see you again. I wish you'd join us to, you know, for our knitting circle. It's happening again in two days or so. If you're interested. After the trial is done, I would love some relaxing knitting. I would love for you to teach me. You owe me one. You're keeping me up past my bedtime here. I like to take my afternoon naps around now. Well, then I will have to join you. Uh, 1 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. No, it's we started the trial. It's 10 in the morning. It's 10.45, maybe. You guys were called to the stand at like 12.30. Imagine that, you know, the trial progressed. There was a, there was a long introduction, period. Yeah, the introduction took at, least, at least two hours. We shook hands with every single person in attendance, said good morning. <laughs> Ikmer has a lot of fans. Okay. Okay. So, um... Just kidding. So what would you ask? So we had brought the body out previously. Um, and so Lyra would kind of prop it up to the best of her ability and ask Starl, I know this man's corpse is very old, but thinking back to anyone that maybe went missing or was pinned up on a cross, do you, does that jog your memory of someone who might have been from Herkstag? She would take a moment to think, and she would say, I've lived in Hergstag all of my 72 years. And I, I remember, I remember, um, you know, I, I can't identify this corpse, but there was a man when I was... I was a young girl. I, I miss those days. I was a girl of seven. I remember my mother and father telling me to that I couldn't stay out to play with my friends. There was a bad man about, you see. They they called him the the strangler and he he had been around Hergstag when I when I was a girl. Something relatively similar to what's happening here had happened to the town. Not many people remember it, but me and Garrow and Flitch were were young children at the time. Children went missing then too. We heard they had found the man, but not what happened to him. I, all I all I remember is that it was it was safe to go out and play with my friends again. The townspeople shrung this man up, didn't they? Holy shit! Okay, so I'll never tell. Ha! <laughs> it's just safe to go outside now. Man's just strung up. It's fine. <laughs> Do you remember what they did to this man? No, I. <laughs> Again, I was a little girl at the time. I never... I was just happy to be able to go play with my friends, you know. some true Nightmare on Elm Street shit. It's almost like we've seen this before, where just because people die 
doesn't mean their spirit is dead and they keep haunting a certain area. <laughs> Weird. Well, you can all rest assured now. We eliminated the wraith and we now have its body. So if we dispose of that properly, Herkstag should be safe to move back into. I'll believe it when I see it with my own two eyes, but... If, if what you say is true, you've you've done a service to the town. And absolutely, Pavlos should uh, definitely assist assist the the first few and make sure. But I I genuinely do believe that we ridded the town of the danger. Starl, it is a long, long journey by horse. Many hours. I'm aware. You have to go very slow. Well, it's it's a good pace for an old gal like me. But your town is your own again. You can re- you can live out the remainder of your many years there in safety. Maybe I'll come visit. No. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> so you present the body. You bring Starl up, and she does mention this event having happened. Please roll a diplomacy. Starl will be aiding you here. Ooh. She aids. I know she's got some wicked charisma. Yeah. Are you kidding me? She's gorgeous. With that aid, that's a 21. All right. Looks like you needed Starl. Old Starl after all. Oh, Woo! my. Is that the last evidence you'd like to present to the court? Well, uh, hold on, let me get in character. Is that the last evidence you'd like to present to the court, Lyra? Yes. I believe with the evidence that we have shown here that Hergstag is now safe. The killings did not go away when the beast was run out of town. Only when the actual killer, the Wraith, was eliminated, the bloodshed was stopped. The beast is not the killer. The person who created this Wraith originally may still be around, and they could cause more pain and suffering if not caught. I believe by the end of this, we should be able to get to the bottom. And I think it's also very important to see that when, just because the beast looks as though he might be laughing, that's absolutely not true at all. He has feelings, just like every one of us. All right. With that, I would like to conclude today's trial. And you can tell that the crowd is even angrier than they started the day. What the Darn. hell was that? And they're kind of like raging and, and being oh unruly God. and being exited out, exited out of the courthouse by the guards. I paid 10 silver for this and and you guys finish the second day of the trial of the beast and I need you to finish your drinks because we'll see you next week I had prior knowledge of this (laughs) (laughs) I knew it